0: Come spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men at arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min maxers, horny bards, and blood soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role playing games here on Roland Bone. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome back to Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard where we are making old school young again. I'm your host and king of the boneheads, Ryan Howard. And uh, I'm pretty excited about tonight. We have the uh, prolific and uh, great artist, James Shields, with us on the show. Uh, So before we get to that, though, I just want to remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe the stream. That is how we let people know that Roland Bones is out there for all of you who... uh, haven't seen it yet or are seeing it for the first time tonight, welcome. I'm glad that you're here with us. We're going to have a great conversation tonight, as we do every week, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central, almost said the old time, but 8 p.m. Central on Tuesday nights right here on YouTube and Twitch. And if you want to see some of my other content, you can find me at the following social medias. I am at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on YouTube at Roland Bones and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Roland Bones Ryan. Twitter is where I've been doing a lot of my threads recently. And for those of you who are fans of these threads where I'm just going through RPG topics and giving my you know thoughts and opinions on those, I will be turning those into YouTube videos. So stay tuned for that. I am going to be filming at least the first two here this week. So I'm hoping to have them in the next couple weeks. And before I bring Jay on one last little piece of housekeeping that I want to show everyone, I am again reminding you all that, let me bring this up correctly, I have a Tee Public store where you can buy all kinds of great Rollin' Bones t-shirts, including the, uh, the Bonehead t-shirt, the Rollin' Bones logo t-shirt, and the RP Gorillas t-shirt. Uh, I am very proud of all of those, and so I hope that you guys will, uh, you know, buy them if you feel so inclined. I think they're cool. I hope you think they're cool. I hope you think that I'm cool, too, but, you know, that's beside the point. Whiskey's going straight to my head tonight. Anyways, that's enough of my shilling. Uh, Let's get into the most important stuff, and that is tonight's guest. Uh, Like I said, he's a very prolific artist. Um, He has a great business of, you know, putting out stock art for people to use just kind of, you know, generally in all of their published work. Uh, He is a fantastic artist and a great dude, a great game master. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome for the first time to Rolling Bones, James Shields.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thanks for having me on.
0: It is my pleasure to have you on. Like I was saying beforehand, I have been wanting to bring you on for a while now, at least since uh, two years ago in North Texas when I was in one of your Star Wars games. I
1: <laughs> well, appreciate appreciate the opportunity. Um, I know that there's lots of, lots of stuff we're going to cover. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed um, being able to run the recap connect again for that is is really cool
0: and uh, to answer lou's query here in chat um not yet i have been looking into <laughs> Roland bones hawaiian shirts you would not believe how expensive it is to get custom hawaiian shirts made that don't suck uh but maybe someday And then, uh, obviously, you were just on this old dungeon as well. So, yes, only the the top tier of RPG programming has James Shields. Let me see if um, running without my
1: camera would would help. Okay. All right. We'll try that.
0: Cool. All right. So... uh, Moving beyond my, you know, again, chilling my stuff, we're here to talk uh, mostly about what you have going on here. So uh, before we get into the uh, the game that you have or the uh, the zine rather that you have uh, going on right now, I, I do want to ask you some of the introductory questions that people get asked when they come on Rolling Bones. So let's begin at the beginning here. Uh, James, how did you start, uh, you know, playing RPGs? How did you get into this hobby in the first place?
1: Well, my dad um when i was probably five or six was a game master uh, and so this is you know 84 uh 85 um and he had his own and you know being in that that age i admired all the all the things you you put on the table and uh um and even at that age i, I had a desire to uh to play and be a part of the game but uh i'm not very i wasn't very expressive and and did not communicate that desire very well um i kind of tried to use a little bit of telepathy um to convince him to uh, get me to do the things that that i wanted him to do but um so i you know that's when i first got introduced from the peripheral um he still has um my my hint that I wanted to be a part of things. I made a, a a miniature out of hamster wood, green hamster wood, glued it to a penny to it and uh, glued a toothpick as it's, uh, and he still has that in, in his house. And so um, that's used to it. So uh, when I was in high school, I got introduced to some friends um who played and then eventually into um a gaming group um and and so i jumped on that opportunity Um, and what's interesting is that uh, they weren't so much of dungeons and dragons as they were other old school games um like the classic uh marvel uh face rip Um, that was that was the one i uh, that was one of two that i enjoyed the most at the time uh, um, uh, the other one was Rifts, and because I'm learning much about um, system mechanics and what I was and wasn't supposed to supposed to like. So, <laughs> uh, um, uh, so but I love the world, and and. To, uh, you know, dig through the the wonderful art that's in all the uh, Rifts um, books, and if it wasn't for uh, the works uh, like um, artists like Ramon Perez, I don't know that I'd be doing this today. Um, and mm-hmm. so he was a major influence in in the art style. Um, and so that's how
0: I got into that's how I got into, into playing rolled um, into the hobby. Gotcha. Yeah, there, there's a whole generation of gamers who. I think they were introduced to D and D, but ultimately the thing that really kind of hooked them was Face Rip Marvel, and then uh, Palladium TM, uh, TMNT. I think is the other game that a lot of a lot of people of what I'm guessing is your generation kind of got into uh, to begin with. Yeah,
1: um, TMNT. He was, was certainly were um, inspired by it, um, and we even played a few times, but it wasn't one that um, we really uh, sunk into um, as far as uh, role playing games go. It was absolutely a genre that um, that I was into, uh, <laughs> um, even though uh, we never realized You know, still the uh, turtles. So,
0: mm-hmm. gotcha. Now, those of us who put a lot of time into creating content for role-playing games, you know, doing art, writing books, trying to, you know, self-publish, doing shows like this, most of the time we're doing this pretty much just because of how much we love the hobby, and that love comes from fond memories. So if you had to pick, like, a fondest RPG memory, what would that be?
1: Oh, there's so many aspects to what we bring to this hobby. Um, you know, certainly there are moments from, uh, a more later, um, uh, in, as I'm been a part of the, uh, the community, um, you know, and I, I guess I'm gonna, I guess I, there, there is certainly a difference between the fond memories of, of the community and, uh, and the uh, fond memories at the table. Um, so. Uh, let me see if I can't start with fond memories at the table, and I, I, I think I would say just the hours that w- I used to be able to just stay up late and and roll. I had a game manager that, you know, I could I could show up at his house ten o'clock at night and would still roll. I could get work, show up. He had an open door policy, you know. Actually, his parents had an open door policy. I could just walk in, and uh, and and we could go and and, and start gaming. Um, with that gaming group, um, really allowed me into uh, the hobby, um, and I don't know that I necessarily identified my my play in that, but I think I began to get the. Uh, um, I, I, think it has to be, um, most recently with, um, with North Texas, um, you know, we, we lost, um, Doug Ray, um, mm-hmm. the, the founder of North Texas RPG con and, um, and I wanted to, you know, everybody was trying to see what, you know, trying to do what they could to, to help, um, with, uh, the convention or what, and whatnot. And, and I wanted to get back in, in, a, in a real way, so I volunteered to uh, to do uh, the logo for their shirt. Um, and uh, and, they, and there's some really cool, uh, really cool story behind that with uh, both Gary and, and Mike. And and uh, there was some hesitance between the two of them because uh, it was it was funny because they they both really wanted to. Oh, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm mixing I'm actually mixing up two stories in this um really need to be a part of it and then it was when i when i did finally um uh create the illustration um and you know i dug into uh into doug gray's life and you know and i was able to implement a uh, a whole lot of things in about him into into one image uh, to homage him and i'm actually wearing I'm wearing the shirt tonight, not on purpose. I mean, I I purposely wore the shirt, but not not uh, (laughs) um, uh, this—not for this uh, interview. But um, it was, and so when I was able to finally share it, um, and uh, and then and and Gary shared it with Mike. Mike was very hesitant about expressing how he felt about it because um, he really, really liked it, but knew how emotional Gary was going to be over it and um and, and you know even to this to this day it, it really impacts uh, gary a lot because they were really really close friends and so that's probably my memory in the community um that you know i continue to say that um, it's about people and and i don't need to you know um the 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 there's lots of things that are important in this world and, and it's the people in it and make an impact in people's lives instead of just uh, wasting time. I, I hate to say it that way. Um, what people will view just wasting time at the table. Um, mm. it's, it's, the, it's the people and the shared moments. Uh, that's about to say.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. And as Lou says here in the chat, uh, both of the logos that you've done are awesome. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Lou. Thank you.
0: So I'll keep doing them as
1: long as they keep... So
0: so there's of course the third question that we will save for the end, but for now uh, I I really want to talk about this project that you have going on right now, Monster and Character Encounters, a.k.a. Mace, uh, which is a zine of monsters, traps, and treasure, uh, but In addition, it's also, at least uh, at the the $50 tier or higher, a way to get stock art. So let's kind of begin at the beginning here. How did you kind of start with this particular project?
1: Um, Well, you know, over the last... Oh, sorry, let me About a year ago, I decided... You know, I need a job that's going to provide more stability for my family, and so I've started putting feelers out, and and really was blessed with the the type of job that that I landed, and uh and and, I, and it was okay work, um and I you know I am proud of it. Um, um I was you know I wanted to learning how to do layout uh, in in design. It's actually funny because I was hired for my knowledge of uh, Photoshop, which you know I know a lot of. Uh, and they misunderstood that as being knowledge of the entire adobe package and suite <laughs> and um uh, and so um uh I, I i knew very very little about indesign which is probably the entirety of my <laughs> uh, not the entirety but the the a large portion of my job and so uh, fortunately because that you are similar uh, I was able to um, uh, adjust the bell curve really quick and, and they were none the wiser uh, um, and uh, so weeks and almost days um, missing um, being a part uh, of creating for um, the, uh, the RPG community and, and, and honestly being able to um, connect with those in the, in the hobby like this. Um, and so, um, you know, talked with my wife about it and it finally came, because it kind of finally came to a head about stepping away from a secure job uh, in something that I love. And uh, and so last week was my last day, but I knew ahead of time that, hey, I needed to maybe rolling back into the things that that I know, things I'm, I'm used to. And um, but the one thing I didn't want to do stepping back into this was diversify um, and not just do straight commission artwork, uh, but to actually begin self publishing, which I would want to do for a while. But I felt so trapped in just commissions and, and feeling like uh, almost like just trying to tread water and, and keep. flow with it that um, I never felt like I I could this time I decided to and I decided to start with something simple easy a zine and um, and monsters um, you know are one of my favorite things to illustrate uh, and the creativity that that can 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 go into that so I decided to to start there and um, there was some point that I realized you know this doesn't have to be just a zine it could also be continue to do what I've been doing and providing Stock art for independent publishers, uh, because when I when I when I started about a decade ago into uh, into community, I wanted to be able to give back to independent publishers um, as as a as a way to thank them for contributing and and uh, kind of bridge between straight stock art and straight commissions and and began creating for independent publishers and and so this is what i'm doing um as much as i as i can uh, i'll continue to make products that uh, will will benefit the
0: community yeah absolutely and i mean this project i I've seen a lot of your art before, as we were discussing before we came on the show, you're you're very prolific, especially within a lot of the circles that I kind of find myself in. But I mean, just kind of looking at what's available as a preview here on Kickstarter, I like this, this Gore ox, that thing is brutal looking that that's awesome.
1: Thank you. They, um, you know, before we move on, and you know, I brought up the stock art, and I just I did want to clarify something because it did get brought up. Because I, I have people who who've already supported my work, and they get a lot of my art, and some of them will will look at the at the Kickstarter and say we've already got that artwork. You uh, know, I want to want to clarify. Um, uh, no, you don't have all the artwork because I know the I know the, the I Thief uh, has not been released. But two. Um, uh, um, I, I have um, committed to 40 40 uh, brand new illustrations that nobody else uh, has had yet as part of this um, there there's a, a statement in there that says these are samples um, and definitely the Gorox is is, is part of them most of them uh, that you see in there are going are gonna wind up in there but um, I do want I do want to clarify that this is this is a uh, a project in which there are going to be brand new monsters that no one has ever seen come to life that you can put in your products. And on top of that, because I don't know if we'll, we'll touch on it, but um, the uh, not only is it stock art, but the accompanying um, text for each uh, for each monster is available um, for commercial use. So you can j- drop it straight into your adventure, straight into your world. Um, the only the only thing I ask is don't make another bestiary of of, of my <laughs> monsters uh, and and sell it because that's what my zines are.
0: Gotcha. So so theoretically, if I were to, I, I'm working on a uh, a sewer adventure right now that I'm going to be running at North Texas. If I were to publish it, I could theoretically include the Gorox as a uh, a monster that could be encountered during my adventures. Am I correct in, in saying that?
1: Um. Yes, and not just that. You could take all that as it is and just drop it in. Sweet. The stats, the, 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 the descriptions, the attacks, all that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And uh, welcome to Legion of Myth here in chat. Max, I I don't know how I could have gotten you in any trouble on Twitter that you haven't already gotten yourself in, so I don't want to hear it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and and the tiers here are great. Uh, There's lots of different options here. You've got your digital copy tier, you have your digital and physical, and then you get into the the licensed tiers, which are all... um, Again, like these are all pretty reasonable. So I'm, you know, it, it's cool to see stuff like this. Um, and for anyone who is thinking about backing this, just so you know, it is fully funded. So if that's a concern for anyone, you have no excuses left. And there's also no prize <laughs> for backing with like five minutes to go. So you guys have nine days as you're seeing this live right now. So go ahead and back it now. If you're going to back it at all, there's no, there's no prize for backing it. Like in the last five seconds, don't, don't give, don't give James a heart attack here. And
1: actually I would say that the reverse is, is, um, is actually true. It's actually more beneficial to back early on because of um, the, um, uh, uh, what is it? The, uh, the algorithms, um, the, the more successful ones are going to get more 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 traction and that means that um that it's going to be uh, it's going to grow and be a better product and allow me to do this more mm-hmm. if you want a second edition and in case you didn't notice there it, that's monster and character encounters number zero zero one and so if you have keen eye for things um I, i'm hinting at something <laughs> so if you wanted to if you want to see more of it Jump in.
0: Absolutely. Cool. So, I, I mean, this this is a, a good place to transition here and talk a little bit about the stock art itself because uh, this isn't your first foray into stock art. You've been doing this for quite some time, actually. Um. um yeah, actually, before, before we jump into that, I did have more of the actual.
1: Um, uh, design process. Uh, and so uh, there are some very specific things that I was aiming for with uh, with the zine, if you don't mind going back oh, yeah. to that layout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, as you've already seen, uh, with the layout, it is, um, I am, I'm a minimalist. So it is, it is clean it is concise, every entry is a one-page entry you have everything that you need on there Um, and each entry comes with of course the um uh the monster description their stats uh attacks is over but they also confirm their traps and their treasures um and this was designed for old school games and so you got you have two columns um what i did there was i looked at the various old school stat blocks there were some that i dropped that i felt like that these are really the game master could decide at the table or infer from the monster things like percentage and layer and the the, the monster's intelligence um that that can be an at the table thing uh for brevity um i uh, i condensed it to this um and then um the rumor and i'll start kind of at the top the rumors uh, and there's one thing I'm, uh, there's one slight adjustment to this that i'm going to do differently i am going to Um, I'm gonna um, mark, highlight, bracket something to indicate sections of each sentence of the rumor that that will encourage the game master to decide on the fiction. Um, And so for instance, that very first one says, uh, 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 Goroxen, which is um, um, the plural of Gorox, uh, is um, uh, that they are um, not affected by mental influence. Um, now I might put brackets around are are not or around mental, and then and as a as the as the game master introduces it, the players interact with it. Um, he can uh, the game master can decide whether or not um, portions of that are true or how far from the truth those are. Because maybe it was the mental they got uh, messed up and they meant to say dental or you know whatever it was. <laughs> you can you can. To determine you know uh, what is or <laughs> affecting the pie, um and so then there's also there are there are going to be three rumors so you can have levels of rumors so if you have someone uh, who succeeds very well at their at their knowledge check or just would naturally know more you can kind of go down the line of what they could know and so it really um allows you to customize the um, the creature at the table and it's not something that everybody's going to always come in and, and know uh, how to defeat these things you know, burn it with fire or whatever um, and so i was very purposeful of, uh, about that um and i will stop because I, for, I did forget there was one other portion that uh, uh, kind of at the very top um that um i made a, a design decision in and that is um every monster not every monster but many monsters in old school um games um when I look at it in the table of contents and um, and, and especially uh as a young kid uh looking at it, like what in the world is this what is a boule um and uh and so um what I what I've given my monsters is a, is a common name and a pseudo-scientifical scientifical name you know scientifical as in not really a scientifical scientific name but uh close enough to give it its own uh, its own name and so uh, gorox is what everybody calls this thing, but you can see that it's a uh, gorox. Um, I can't really see the, the screen. Something uh, um, Bo- uh, bovenite tenticulus, That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's it's you know, classic classified name. Um, and to kind of do it a real world, uh, not real world, but because uh, D D. Uh, well, we can call it real. Uh, if 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 I've been doing the boule, instead of uh, the boule would be what the sin- scientifical name would start with. Hmm. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Do the oh. Yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh. Just I, I was gonna say um, two things just to, to kind of go over some of the stuff that you you mentioned here. One, I really love the inclusion of rumors because it's one thing. Um, you know, to give like a description of, you know, this is where this monster is found. But I, I am, you know, fascinated by the idea of this is it, it, beyond just kind of where these creatures are found. This is what people think this creature is. Or these are kind of like the nightmares that people have about this creature. And, uh, you know, <laughs> leaving it up to the the GM to determine, uh, you know, what's true and what's not. I, that's a cool aspect. And I think that's that's going to be a, a big selling point for this uh, the zine here.
1: Thank you. I, I, I that was actually that was interesting because that was that was one of the last uh, design decisions I made. Originally it was just going to be, hey, little notes about this, about this monster. But then I realized that these don't things have these things don't have to be true. And, and that's when it kind of morphed into uh, the rumors, uh, and if it, if I could have a word that started uh, with T that meant rumors, I would I would have alliterated it. But um, I, I, I did I didn't. Uh, what what really came alive to me were the traps, uh, because what I wanted out of this zine um, were monsters uh, that weren't just another hack and slash style monster. Because uh, a lot of monsters that I've seen in bestiaries series um, really felt like the same monster reskinned. And just another another thing to to um, to uh, dwindle hit points from, uh, and what I wanted was an encounter that w- that had uh, that required a different solution than just let's attack it. And so uh, um, this particular creature was inspired by the moose around here in Alaska. That uh, the moose does not care about you; it will be where it wants to be. And and then I <laughs> uh, and so the same thing is true with these bovine uh, with the with the rocks, it, It's going to be there. It's curious. It's it's feeling out with with its um, with its little tendrils, trying to find other uh, trying to find food, and is going to investigate you and possibly in, infect you with disease. You know how do you get around it? It's too big to just to climb over. Oh, I mean, you could climb over it, I suppose, if it lets you. Uh, but then you also have to worry about the disease. You could, you know, uh, uh, control track from that and so and that's where ultra are gonna um uh, really shine for me now maybe not for other people but that's that's the that's the one that i i, I really wanted to um uh, design wise to tackle this from
0: mm. yeah i mean it, it's interesting you bring up the moose and moose weighs about as much as a small car so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and and then then the treasures um, at the very bottom, uh, it, it, it's, uh, when, I, when I did that, originally you know, I wanted every, every monster to have a treasure, then I came to, when I was using, doing this one as an example, I was like, well, it's really weird that there are monsters in old school games um, that wind up giving you some gold, and uh, I began wondering, how, where, where did um, they keep this gold that you just found? How hard did I have to search to find this gold? Um, instead, I thought that would be more fun to reward things that you could possibly harvest uh, from this the, to give you more options in in the game. Uh, like that, I think one of the very, very I think the second one on there are some you know um, uh, hook, uh, hooves that are impervious to, to fire and heat and all that. And suddenly, players now have you know some something they can, they can strap on their feet and maybe walk across some lava or something. Things that that left- that people get creative outside of outside of the box ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like for any anyone who approaches your game as like a fan of The Witcher, and they want to start harvesting monster parts to you know make potions and stuff. Stuff like this is really useful for players like that because a lot of times. I, I've run into this certainly where players are like, you know, what what happens if I harvest the monster's teeth or you know try to take like a blood sample from them or something? I'm just like, I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> but this, gives a,
0: <laughs> this gives a good kind of you know layout of what you can do with these particular parts. So again, this is a great addition here.
1: And again, is another reason why to why to delve into the dungeon. You know, if you if you know you're going up against some you know massive psychic or or magic user with mental powers and you happen to know that the gorox bra- eating a gorox brain could make you immune for a while you might be willing to go in after and search for a gorox and and chance the uh the death save uh, to be immune to be immune to uh mental influence yeah and so you could face up against this this big bad
0: hmm. And uh, for everyone watching along at home, uh, Max mentioned Earth Dawn, so everyone take a drink. And, uh, you know, Scott here, Orcus Dorcus, uh, well-deserved praise here for uh, what you've got going on here. It's, you know, like you said, and like uh, Scott says here, it's very clean, very easy to read. I'm happy that it's all one page, and on that one page you get everything from art to descriptions to attacks that it all fits on this one kind of compact uh space i i this is really good design and i'm really i'm glad to see stuff like this in uh the the rpg world right now because again like this is the i think this is going to be very accessible and very easy to use for a lot of game masters um
1: speaking of that um uh, it, uh, you, you can't really tell because you don't have the actual page size in, in front of you, but the fonts are uh, selected uh, and the minimum font is uh, either 10 or 11 uh, is based upon what the minimum re- recommended um, size for old eyes uh, should be. And so uh, you shouldn't have any problem uh, reading these um, even as you, you get up in age.
0: Awesome. And uh, Devil's Theater uh, asks a, a good question here: How genre or system agnostic will this particular zine be?
1: That's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, primarily because it's it's pertinent here. Um, uh, this is designed for old school games. This is uh, so this is primarily fantasy. Um, it doesn't mean that every zine is gonna be. Um, uh, as far as system agnostic, I, I did approach it from a design perspective that um, you should be able to um, take it as is um, and use it in multiple. De- <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I'm reading the head on one of the comments. I, I, maybe, I should, <laughs> maybe I should turn those off so I don't, I don't get distracted. I'll um, uh, get But yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so design, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, you know, system agnostic. Um, it's it's not completely agnostic because it is for old school games, but for things like the rumors and the types of traps um, and even the the things you get as treasures. Um, uh, I I'm trying to primarily allow the treasures to be um, narrative and scope. And what I mean by that is kind of like um one of the things i like limits limit system wise almost and, and now it seems like a lot of spells are very they have a system mechanic tied to it um as opposed to hey you can just fly or you can walk on water and let that be it and so the same is true um uh, with some of with some of the uh, the treasures that i include there uh for instance um the brain um uh, you know it makes you immune to It uh, doesn't say gives you a mental relief like that, and so that's kind of um, what I've chosen from a design perspective. System
0: agnostic. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a good way to go about it because with a lot of system agnostic stuff, you get to a point where it's so system agnostic that it almost doesn't fit anywhere. So. There's a certain point where you have to commit to these are the mechanics that I'm going to use. And it'll be in some ways up to you to adapt it to the system you're using. But for the most part, it'll it'll work in kind of a broad variety of old school systems. Cool. So, um, and, and down here again, we have some more art samples, um, just to show people kind of more stuff that they're into mouth maggots. That's again, just the right <laughs> level of like gross to, to awesome. Um, that, so, that was a great, um, I, I... oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, um, just to give you a sense of that, uh, more, more sense of the traps in, in, uh things to encounter that aren't just a, a simple hack and slash um the, the mouth maggots there um they actually feed on the on the food that you eat and so now not only are you you know are you hurt but now you're also you have to deal with this issue of your the, the constant hunger um that and now maybe you, you don't heal uh, a full night you know maybe it takes longer to, to, to heal or um and so having that and then um the strangle spores they, they're not there to you know, like the next one is that, that mushroom creature you know they have strangle spores and obviously that gives the idea that you're going to be choking um a, a, as a result uh, and trying to so trying to fight while, while not being able to breathe uh and so that's that's kind of the the design aspect of, of stepping outside of um you know i i hit it with a sword or it hits you know the game master just throwing more arrows or more more physical attacks at them and so that's that's uh that's what i'm aiming for
0: yeah absolutely and that's just awesome right there we'll, we just have to have to pause <laughs> on that because that's that's just awesome and then uh devil's theater here is asking can you give us a hint as to some of the 40 brand new monsters you're going to make as far as the uh commitments to brand new monsters that you've made uh i feel like we have gotten kind of a hint of of what you're working on here but um you know how would you approach that question
1: uh well so not all of the monsters have have, have been designed out yet but i do have my little black book of monsters that i am um uh i, I do that are in various stages of, of completion um so my um i have a I have a spider-type creature. I'm not committed to the name uh, Nightweaver just yet, um, but they are—they seem they're—they're they're, they're creatures that seem to just stalk you. Uh, they don't—they—they they don't ever pounce on you. They—they—they they, they don't ever seem threatening. They just wander after you. Um, what they're actually doing is wait for you to, dr- to to fall asleep so they can um, spin webs out of your dreams and trap you in a in a, in, a, in a psychic. Um, uh, hold and feed off of your uh, your wisdom or intelligence uh, while you sleep, uh, and then of course everybody else is going to wake up and and but not you because you're trapped in a in a in a in a psychic web.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I do really like the approach that you're you're going with here of it's not just things that you can hit with a sword or it's not just, you know, hit point bags with one or two special abilities. Mm. I, I think that's a really, a really good approach to take, uh, with kind of a new bestiary. Cause there are a lot of bestiaries out there, but anything that offers a new angle or a new challenge for people, I think is really valuable.
1: Yeah. I, I agreed. And that's, Obviously I've been saying it, and uh, but, but that, you know, that's my, that was my design process. I, you know, I want interesting encounters, not just, I, I love the way you put it and, you know, meat bags of, of hit points. Yeah.
0: So um, once again, this has, let's go back up to the top here just so everyone can see this has nine days to go. It is fully funded uh, and you can still get in on this for the next nine days over on Kickstarter. Uh, so, you know, if, if any of this or all of this sounded interesting, go ahead and jump on that. I will drop the link here in chat for everyone. So you guys can jump on it right now if you feel so inclined. Um, to, to talk about some of the stuff that you have done in the past and, and kind of, you know, beyond the the Kickstarter, um, l- like I was saying earlier, this is not your first foray into stock art. You have an extensive library both on your website and on your Patreon uh, that a lot of people have, have taken great advantage of. So how did you first start uh, like deciding to build out this stock art library for people to use?
1: Um, well, it goes back to about a decade ago um, when Patreon kind of first came on the scene. When Initially, when I came in, I was able to um, give back to the industry, give back to the community uh, for, for the hobby that, that I love. And um, when I came up, and primarily what I was doing at the time was trying to keep my my, my, my rates low enough that I could survive also that others could afford it. And, uh, uh and, but when Patreon came along, it, it, that seemed like a very, a good way to be, have a, um, a symbiotic relationship. Uh, and I wanted to bridge the gap between straight commissions and, um, and, and stock art. And, and so, um, i be, I, I launched that and, and I was, I was the one to, to launch um, RPG stock art on Patreon and kind of um, uh, uh, paved the way uh, and kind of took the the hit for um, uh, for the roller coaster that it was of trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and there are people who've come on but um, have done uh, better in the sense of you know grown grown larger or whatnot, but. Um, that is kind of where it started. And because, um, because I also make my, my commission, you know, uh, if I, if, um, if, I, if someone commissions me for artwork and, and buying all the rights, I can then turn around and, and, and allow that to be something that uh, the community can take advantage of as well. And so um, that's what I've been doing for about the past 10 years. And uh, about a year or two ago, I was kind of tired of, um, um having, um, of stock art, uh, points and credit, cause that's what, that's what one of the things I, that I would do is that the patron a patron would gain X amount of, um, stock art credit that they could exchange for existing stock art. Uh, in addition to the artwork I was giving them every month and, uh, um, after a while, that becomes a bit of a, of a chore to track everybody's individual points and then some, um, you know individual links to the artwork or or try to manage a, a Dropbox of everybody's folders and and the file sizes and all that. And so, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to make my own website. And uh, I, I took about a month to um, to begin crafting it together and um, and now um, and it's and it's even kind of grown in. Uh, uh better and i'm in the process of a second update uh to it but um but now all that someone has to do if they're a patron um want, uh, once i release the artwork and send everybody their credit uh it's in the form of coupon and so you would just go in you would add the artwork you want to your cart uh then go to checkout click on your coupon and it would apply uh the amount of your coupon to it and then you just download your you check out and you download your your um Uh, your artwork. I really didn't like the idea of, you know, someone having to wait for me uh, to send them stuff. uh, And because then it's my availability. And so um, I just constantly tried to improve my relationship uh, with the, uh, with the the community. And uh, by providing some, um, just at least one step better than it was before.
0: Mm. Yep. And one thing that's really valuable about the the work that that you're doing here is a lot of times i I've spoken with creators who have been trying to find uh, art that fits within specific genres that they're working in, and they find a lot of times, stock art that's available leans very heavily towards fantasy. And so you know, if you're working in sci-fi or cyberpunk or westerns, I think westerns in particular is really difficult for a lot of people uh there's not much available mm-hmm. out there but you have worked in a lot of genres here that i'm seeing i mean it's just like right off the bat there's superheroes there's stuff that can easily fit in fantasy uh there's sci-fi stuff uh you've got some like weapons here uh that so you know victor gorchev if you're watching uh i i think I think uh, James might might be your your guy as far as any additional, uh, you know, like weapon stock art you need for uh, modern necessities. Uh, But yeah, that's you offer a wide variety of genres for people to pick from. And that's almost as valuable just as the art being available itself is there's options as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I, and I will say that my site, or uh, you, you're better able to navigate it uh, than the other site, um, uh, simply. But you can you can click on a, a genre in the column to the left if you go up, and you can filter out everything but um, you know everything but your sci-fi illustrations, and mm-hmm. you can further filter out everything but your inked stations. And then, if you want uh, things without backgrounds, you can, you know, just search for just uh, without backgrounds. And so, um, uh, you, know, I, you know, I there's a certain experience that I want uh, for independent publishers. I, I've been in the art director seat before, and I know how frustrating it is trying to just to find something. And I have petitioned some of that changed. And then I decided, well, I'm just going to do the change myself and with my own site. Um, and so, uh, and it's my my size is you know certainly not perfect, um, but it's very easy to uh, begin finding things um, on there uh, more so than having to to wade through th- uh, illustration after illustration until you can find something that might work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, I mean, just the ability to go you know fantasy grayscale with background. And then you have all of these different options that show up immediately. I This is very valuable, and I think a lot of people are, are gonna get a lot of use out of that. I mean, like, immediately, I'm working on a game that this would fit very well in. So you know that that's something that stands out to me. This particular piece right here, sword deal sword duel and tavern
1: yeah the uh now i will i will caveat that um grayscale was something i i used to do i don't do as much uh, and mm-hmm. i really haven't i should have pulled people to, to there's nothing to keep anybody from taking a color illustration and, and dropping it to grayscale i certainly my my license to use my my stock art is very very loose i just i there I have certain terms that, that you know I, I want you to stay within, but they're very, very they're very loose. You can you can color it if you want. You can you can re, you know reduce it down to grayscale. You can flip it. You can prop it. You know I'm not I'm not super particular. Um, just you know make something and have fun in creating.
0: Hmm. And uh, once again, I'm I'm just going to bring this up here. Uh, once again, Victor Gorchev, paging. Victor Gorchev, the Scrying Dutchman. This has you written all over it. Go to Jay's site. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, I keep mentioning him. Victor's going to be on in a couple weeks, but he has he's working on a, a book called Modern Necessities right now, which is uh, modern setting rules for old school essentials. So it'll involve, oh, nice, like bringing modern firearms and that kind of stuff into OSE. So I know he's hard at work on that right now. He's probably still looking for art and, and stuff like that. So I, that, that's why I'm leaning so heavily on, on calling his stuff out right now because I know that he is actively working on a project where he could utilize something like that.
1: Nice, nice. I, uh, I know. Oh, that is also, uh, there's an ogre, um. Oh, no, you, modern fantasy, just modern. Is that right? Is that right? Or is it modern
0: uh, fantasy? Oh, uh, so I just did fantasy inked, and it came up.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
0: Gotcha, yes, yes, yes. No,
1: uh, I, I mean, as far as his project.
0: Oh, yeah, it, it was... is, um. Is it, it modern, yeah, it's
1: fantasy modern fantasy or
0: just straight modern? It, it, he's incorporating like fantasy okay. elements as well, so there's still magic and uh, elves and and dwarves and orcs and stuff like that. So there's there's definitely fantasy elements in his uh, in his book.
1: Yeah, um, I, I will say because I noticed um, uh, the. Uh, I mean, I see it, yours as a smaller, smaller screen on my screen, but um, there's some design uh, aspect in the way that I I, I do the filter. Um, it's an and uh, thing, an and um, logic. So if you have any, uh, modern clicked and um, sci-fi clicked, um, it'll only show those that are both of those, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to showing you everything that is modern and everything that is. So uh, just letting you know, anybody that interacts with it, that that's how that that is, how that works.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, again, I've seen tons of people, uh, you know, use your work. uh, As Scott mentioned here, uh, one of the people who uses your work most often is Levi Combs, one of the greatest guys in role-playing right now. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Levi's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, all these resources you have available for people. Uh, I, I I do appreciate this as someone who is starting out in game design. I, I've been on your site a couple times, even before uh, we were talking about doing this episode, just looking for pieces that i thought might fit within the world that i'm trying to create so uh this is really a great resource uh for a lot of people to use
1: i appreciate that i appreciate that um uh, the compliment because that's exactly what it was meant to do i really don't make a whole lot of money um on on from my website uh you know, part of that's my fault, uh, you know, I don't really uh, advertise the site itself. And there's probably more I could do with Google Analytics and, and getting the word out about the site itself. But this was primarily built for for my patrons to use. Um, it was uh, it, I wanted it to be something that, that they could get what they wanted uh, without having to. Um, uh, worry about my schedule and, and wait, because if I push out and, and I'm busy, you know, then I'm holding them up, so. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to glad to hear uh, that uh, from an outside perspective of, of the usability of the
0: site. Mm-hmm. And uh, Devil's Theater has a question here. Getting back into some of the Kickstarter stuff, uh, have you thought about allowing uh, your previous Kickstarter campaigns or your previous uh, stock artwork from your website as add-ons for your Kickstarter campaign?
1: Um, no, I have not. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully that's pretty, uh, pretty easy and straightforward. Um, It, you know, I never uh, really considered, um, you know, most of my projects have just been stock art, um, and haven't really dabbled into add-ons. Uh, to me, it's kind of a more of a new thing. I know it's probably, it's been out there for a while, but, uh, but I appreciate you bringing that up and it's certainly something I can now. Consider adding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um now something I wanted to bring up um uh, just because I, I've had the privilege of playing in one of your convention games before. Um you you introduced me to this idea at convention games uh that I'd never seen before which was before the game started, and this was a Star Wars uh, D6 game for anyone who's wondering, you passed out these little slips of paper or you you passed out a bag that was full of slips of paper and had people pull out of them. And it was basically, you know, this is your relationship to the person on your left or the person on your right. Uh, You know, you pick three from the bag and then decide which one you want to go with. just as like setting up a a connection with the group that you're there with at a convention rather than everyone just kind of being awkward you, you already established connections between the characters that was brilliant I just want to you know throw some accolades at you for that because that was really a cool thing uh that, that we did during that game
1: well, thank you that's uh I, I really you know I that that's fun for me too as I be you know not everybody shares the secrets between them Um, and so it's it's been you know when I first did that it was just so hilarious Um, some of the things that began developing between people um, (laughs) knowing their particular so I do two things I do one one that establishes the relationship and then one that I call shoot yourself in the foot Um, you pick um, something that is a detriment to you and then one you know some of them some of the combinations um uh, being pretty hilarious to me. Not in the sense of like, um, this is none of this is you know, you saw it, none of this was gag stuff. None of this was, right. oh suddenly, you know, um, you know, you know, you were you you were you were born a fish or something stupid like that. Um I mean maybe that's not necessarily stupid to some people, but uh not something gonzo out there like that. Um mm-hmm. and, and so uh i I think that that gives the um one it begins it begins everybody and not just a hey you all know each other but actually begins to um develop a relationship between players um and i think that's super important even just at a convention because um too often people will sit down and game together at a convention and they'll enjoy their time together but not even know each other's name and they'll go off and, and and it takes several conventions before those relationships begin to really form. Um, And so uh, I want to encourage that. Um, But also it gives fuel to the to the game master um, as those things happen. And in fact, I'm taking that that concept and it's one of my back projects. I'm going to turn it into a deck of cards that makes it easy for um, people to use instead of just a bag and just have people draw draw cards and 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 go through that process together.
0: Yeah, and that and that's really going to be useful for a lot of people because I know I, there's a game called Fiasco out there that um, a lot of people have ported over to RPGs to to do the same thing. But to have like a dedicated product out there, especially if you throw some of your art on those cards, uh, I, I think that'll be <laughs> something that a lot of people appreciate.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it is it is a back burner one. So, you know, I got I got a zine to get out, and I got an RPG that I don't know I don't know if the cards will be out before my RPG. Uh, I really would love to to get that going, um, but uh, but yeah, it just letting you know it, it it's in development.
0: Hmm. Awesome. And if we can get just one backer out of doing a show like this for you know a project <laughs> like this, I. I appreciate it. So there you go. Devil's theater. Um, I, I'm glad that we were able to, to sell you on, on uh, James's work here. Cause it, re- I, like, it really is good. So yeah. Yes. I'm sure James, Thank James appreciates you that. Theater. Yes. Yes, I do. Cool. Well, we are, uh, starting to run up against our time. And there's one more topic that I'm really curious about Um that. I just wanted to ask about real quick before we have to, you know, duck out for the evening. Um, You are the first person I've had on the show who lives in Alaska. So I just have to ask, what is gaming culture like in your particular part of Alaska?
1: Um, well, uh, I, I, I haven't been here, um, too terribly long. I mean, I guess I'm coming up on three years now, so I guess that, you know, that, that isn't so much of an excuse, but you know, a year, a a year and a half of that was in, uh, was in Anchorage and anybody that's moved, it takes about three years to really begin connecting into a community and really feeling like you're moved in um and so you know i did some some gaming um uh in a in, in anchorage um but not much outside of you know uh, running some games for 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 my kids and their friends um and then last summer uh, i was able to buy a home our very first one and so um we are uh now trying to connect into to the community here and one of the problems um that, that I see in, uh, with Alaska um, is, is that uh, winters really uh, um, kind of drain you in the sense of no one wants to get out, no one wants to <laughs> brave the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the weather in the sense of, you know, hey, it's warm in here, do I really want to shovel more st- snow just to get out and, and go do something? Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I'm, uh, uh, we are we are now hitting hitting into spring. So this is my first my, this this is my first winter in in this area. Because we're about an hour away from Anchorage, um, and we do have um, we have two gaming stores within driving distance, which I know is better than better than some. Uh, so I don't, I'm not going to complain at all. Um, but it does seem to be. It doesn't to be very 5v centric, but I guess that that's kind of uh, a, in a lot of places. Um, and mm. so I have attempted to, 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 to start a game night um, but uh, that kind of that one kind of fizzled, but I'm gonna go back at it again. I've begun um, there's a program here um, and it, and it is designed it's aimed at youth um to give them a connection before um they get uh connected into to drugs and and, and habits uh, uh, i've been twice now and I'm, I'm toying with the idea direction that um uh that i, I think that uh well i shouldn't say Think. I know I'm going to move forward with my with my kids and getting back in. Into- I say kids my youngest is 12 so please please understand that this isn't just kids this is this is teens and especially the um, you know uh, when we really got hooked into into our hobby um, you know middle school and and high school now some people are fortunate enough to get hooked earlier um, uh, that's um, that's my extent and my, my exposure to the hobby here um, and I'm, I'm hoping to find more of it.
0: Absolutely. And I I support any kind of program that helps, you know, one, kids find this hobby, and two, help kids find this hobby over finding something else. Because if you uh, pick up a serious role-playing habit, uh, by the time you buy your books, buy your dice, and buy all the the minis that you could possibly own, you don't have (laughs) the money left over for drugs. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then there is one final question that everyone gets asked when they come on Rolling Bones. I will tell you the answer to this question can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want it to be. Uh, but James, if you could put anything on a T-shirt, what would that be?
1: Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chance. Um, let me see. Uh, i don't know if i can pull this off or not but uh let's see so it's not if i could it's that i did Mm -hmm. um if i could put thing if i I put something on a t-shirt it's gonna be something that's going to be meaningful um that's going to last you know um Mm -hmm. our um our interactions with people um are are among the most important things um it's uh, and obviously i am more philosophical so uh i you know i, I at the end of our life it's not going to be that we wish we could have worked um worked more hours made more money maybe not probably not even say um i wish i pushed out one more rpg project you know if it, maybe it was your bucket list man, but that might be something different but ultimately it's i to um, I would want to do something that's like the next
0: absolutely. And so, one more time for everyone uh, just once again, the project is Monster and Character Encounters, aka Mace. This is the first issue, hopefully, of many, and I will once again drop the link here in chat for everyone. Uh, who did not back at the beginning um, help out James with the algorithm uh you know let's let's push this thing through the roof it's already funded but you know kind of we we can fund it more we can do more come on guys let's jump on this so that's gonna do it for rolling bones uh this evening James thank you for coming on thank you for uh you know b- braving the uh the the slings and arrows of uh, <laughs> The internet and and all of its various gremlins that that cause technical issues. Uh, this like, is a yes. great conversation. I, I'm very glad that we were able to, to do this this evening.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on and and, and for um, emptying uh, double th- double steer's th- pockets. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, for connecting.
0: Uh, just, just one more person. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, uh, next week. It was a pleasure. Is, Oh, absolutely it was, it was a pleasure talking to you as well uh, but but next week uh, i will be joined once again for his third appearance on rolling bones i will be joined by alex mccreese uh, we will be talking all about simulationism what that means uh how it affects rpgs and how it in our opinion makes things better so you know we'll be talking to alex mccreese Next week, all about simulationism. I hope you guys will join us then. Remember, once again, uh, if you liked this, if you want your friends, your loved ones, your mailman, your game master, your players to see Rollin' Bones, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, remember to back James's Kickstarter here. You can follow him on Twitter, at Shields. And one more time, the socials for myself at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and Twitch. I am Roland Bones or Roland Bones Ryan. And until next time, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I will see you guys next time.